Welcome into the harvest friends. My name is Andrew and I'm joined with by Abigail today. This show is dedicated to helping you live the ancient faith in modern times. So we talk about issues related to being a believer in the modern world and making disciples in the modern world. So we're glad that you're joining us. This is our first show back after a summer break. So uh, we're excited to be back. And Abigail, how did the break go for you? What's new in Texas and with the Wilson family? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I could write a book about all the things that happened. And I think we were only on break for a month. Is that right? Um, right. But enough happened in that one month that, uh, yeah, I will... I will not bore you with the details, but it has been a dramatic summer for the Wilsons. I think here on this show, however, probably the biggest impact that all of you will see is that we are missing our favorite co-host, uh, Lakeith. Uh, he is um, going on an extended break from Into the Harvest, uh, probably mostly due to the fact that he is having another child in just a month or so. And that will bring the total up to four in his house. So four kids, a wife, two jobs. Uh, the dude had to let something go. <laughs> and we were, th we were at the bottom, weren't we, Andrew? <laughs> yeah, understandably. And of course, he's still, you know, I think people probably realize, but he's still very active in the harvest. He's just yes. taking a leave of absence from the show, from the podcast. Yeah. From um, into the harvest. He's still in yes, the harvest. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I do think he'll be back with us uh, at some point and in some capacity, um, but we don't know exactly when and, and how that's going to look, um, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, we're going to miss him. So uh, Andrew and I are just going to do our very best to hold down the fort. Yes. <laughs> are we ready for this, Andrew? Are we going to be able to pull this off? I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. Flies. Ready or not. But it, it is sort of, a, it's been a fun summer. It's been loaded. Um we were joking earlier about like if people could see our desks, uh, everything that's behind the camera right now, uh, there's just a lot in motion. So it's fun to be able to do this show and talk about things that we're passionate about, which is Jesus and sharing him with others. And we'll, we'll try to keep it going and have fun and hopefully be helpful to the people who are watching or, or listening out there. So with that said, Abigail, why don't we dive into our listener question? This one comes from... Ashley, and she says, how do I know if I'm mature enough to disciple someone? Is there a standard of discipling that we should be looking to? I think this is a great question that a lot of people, once they catch this vision for not only being a disciple, but making disciples, begin to wonder about is, when do I know I'm ready? So how have you dealt with that? And what would you say to Ashley and others who are wondering this? Man, anyone who is asking this question, I'm going to just go ahead and assume that you're probably ready to disciple someone um, because really all you need to know is one thing more than the person that you're discipling. Um, and so that standard is, is pretty attainable uh, because there's so many people that probably don't even know that that is something that the Lord has called us to as Christians. Um, it sounds like if you know about discipleship that you understand um, some basics of the Great Commission, which is very exciting, and a lot of people don't get that. So I think even just this question itself shows us 
that there is something that you have to share and something you have to offer others. Um, I think probably where this question can comes from is that if you've ever just had the privilege of being discipled, you've looked at your disciple maker and you've been like, man, they have it all together. And hopefully one day I just like get to that awesome place and just I'm so mature and I just make no mistakes and then I too shall disciple and then life happens and you have like small children or you have um you know a family or you know a full-time job or ministry or just whatever and you also the older you get realize how little you know and so you start to think well maybe maybe I'm not ready but I think it's the reality is is that probably whoever discipled you was in the same exact boat. So having the desire to be a part of kingdom work and invest in someone's life, then you're ready. If you know one thing more than that person, then you're ready. That That's my, my two cents. What do you think, Andrew? I like that. Uh, and I think what you're, what you're getting at there is our understanding of this word discipling. I mean, discipling can be an intimidating word. Um, I mean, it sounds so official and it, it sounds like you, you do need to be some sort of expert or at least some level of, uh, of maturity. Uh, and I actually do think that's true. Um, maturity is important. Like you said, if you're asking this question, uh, it may well indicate that you're already far enough along to understand uh, what's at stake. Um, one thing that comes to my mind is you know, demystifying the language. So making a disciple, uh, I'm a big fan of that language. We use it. But another way to think about this is to be a disciple is to walk with Jesus. To make a disciple is to help someone else walk with Jesus. So if you're actively walking with Jesus, you're, you're a disciple. And if you're actively trying to help someone else come to know Jesus and walk with him, then you're involved in making disciples. And if you kind of reduce it down to that, that basic level, for me, it takes some of the intimidation factor out of it. And I think, well, I can do that. I can, I can try to help someone else grow closer to God by encouraging them, by sharing resources and tools, things that have helped me in my faith. So, um, yeah, I think we, when I first came to faith and I first got this vision for discipleship, I, I, I felt that way. I felt like, man, I was 20 years old at the time. And I, I just assumed that I would need to spend the next decade becoming this expert who was qualified to disciple others. And what, what I learned very quickly was that it's just not the way it works. Uh, a big part of how you're going to grow in your own faith is by trying to help others. So you should begin doing that right away. And I love, I love how you said, if, if you know one thing more than someone else, Abigail, then you can begin discipling just by sharing what you already know. And that process is actually part of what helps you grow and take the next steps. And, and you figure out a lot of what is helpful and what isn't helpful just in the everyday life of, uh, of sharing and, and trying to make disciples. So um, I think what we're saying, how, how would you bottom line what we're saying, Abigail, if we were to put this in a, a short one or two um, sentence summary? Yeah, no. I'm never good at like summing <laughs> up. That is not my, <laughs> my gifting. I will say it's probably simpler than you think. And if you, um, if you have the, uh, the desire to be obedient in this area, then the Lord will 
will allow that to, to play out in your life. Um, so probably spend less time about how it's going to work out and who you're going to disciple and spend more time being a disciple of Jesus. And these things will probably fall into place for you. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I think it's a great, it, it's a great question. It is. I, I would say to try to summarize it is that you're already ready to start. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, you, you should always be seeking to become more mature, more skilled, more helpful to others because you yourself are growing, but, uh, there isn't a certain standard of maturity that you have to attain in order to share with others and to try to be helpful for others. So just dive in and you'll learn as you go. So great question, Ashley. I think a lot of people wonder that question mm-hmm. and may maybe even feel restrained. They're sort of waiting for the moment when they're going to be ready. And the thing about that is you never get there. So you're never going to be ready to make a disciple. Um, and so dive in, ask the Lord to help you learn as you go. And, uh, and he will. So Thanks for sending that question. If you have a question, if you've been listening to the show and you've got uh, some sort of a a burning question (laughs) that uh, you want to ask our team about following Jesus or helping others follow him, then you can email us at info at intotheharvest.org or drop us a message on Facebook or Instagram or on YouTube. Um, If you leave a comment, uh, a question in the comments, we will try to respond to those on the show. We love hearing from you guys. And it's an encouragement to us. So do send us those questions and we'll answer it on a future show. Okay, our main topic today is abiding in Christ. And with this show, we we want to cover topics that are maybe unique and specifically related to being a disciple, being the church, making disciples in the everyday places of life. And abiding in Christ is definitely one of those uh, topics or one of those those relevant conversations, but it's also just very basic. And every now and then we want to go back to the essentials, the fundamentals. And I think abiding in Christ is about as fundamental as it gets. So we're going to talk about that today, Abigail. And when we picked this topic, I think we were both thinking about the same passage, right? So why don't, why don't you tell us what main passage we're going to be working from? Yeah. So the funniest part, and I did not tell you this, Andrew, but, um, uh, church yesterday, um, Brett and I have been kind of out of pocket for several weeks. And the delight of that is that our church has just gone on without us. And so we just kind of rolled into church, like just normal church goers. And, uh, so I didn't even know what we were, what, what passages we were going to be in the Bible. And it just so happened to be John 15, which, um, if you're listening to this, uh, John 15 is, all about abiding um, in Christ. And it, it's the, the passage that maybe you're familiar with where it talks about, uh, you know, being um, in the vine um, and how right. if, you know, we are, uh, I'm just going to read it because that's always better. Mm-hmm. Ab- abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And it, it goes on. Um, I'm just going to stop there. That's just uh, 
verses four and five, but um, this whole passage was really perfect. Um, it had been in my mind um, because we were going to be doing this podcast today, but um, to be honest, I hadn't really had time to, to dig into it again. Um, and man, Andrew, the whole thing is so good and was so perfect for my heart right now. Um, mm-hmm. I think the part that really uh, stuck out to me was that when we do bear fruit, he is going to prune us, um, which is quite the promise, (laughs) (laughs) which I think really ties into abiding of what we can look forward to as we abide in Christ. So I'm kind of getting ahead of myself there, but um, that was just our jumping off point. And it is, of course, I think it's always cool how God does that. It's exactly where we were in church yesterday. So pretty fun. That that is pretty I would say random, but it's definitely uh, fascinating how things seem to work out like that. But, you know, we were talking a little bit last week, Abigail, just kind of catching up and you were sharing that, that this is such a relevant subject for you right now, just because of some of what's been going on with you in your life recently. Um, Yeah. Without like opening the can of worms and sharing everything, like what is it about abiding in Christ, even most recently that, um, that is really connecting with you? Yeah, you know, um, so I guess to sum up, this has been a season of loss for Brett and I. Um, we have had actual physical loss. Um, we lost his, uh, Brett's uh, stepdad to COVID. And then we had just some loss in friendships and in ministry that were just really, really hard. Um, and uh, I think in that season, Um, In both of those things, uh, one of the things that sticks out to me the most is that when you lose something um, that you just thought was going to be or you did not see coming um, and there's no way out of it, you can't argue your way out of death for sure. Um, The the only place that I could find true comfort, true help in those struggles was in inviting in Christ. Um, It is I think we've talked about abiding here on this podcast and on our blog, like so many times of just how you and I both are trying to be in the word every day. And sometimes we're slugging it out. Sometimes we're just really, you know, going through the motions, just showing up. But I feel like in really hard seasons, um, like this one, I find myself needing it. Like if it's almost like the IV that's keeping me going, um, so I think I'm just far more passionate about it today. <laughs> it's almost like when you, when you hit, when you hit those, those really difficult stretches in life, I get the picture of a, a, a plant that is enduring, um, several days without, without, uh, water and the sun has been especially hot and it's almost, you're craving that life, the, the life that comes from, uh, rain. And, you know, in this passage in John 15, Jesus, he, that's what he describes us as in a sense, it's a branches and vines analogy, but, but we have to be connected to the vine because that's the source of, of nutrients. That's, that's the the source of life. That's where we're going to find that. And he even says like, um, if you're removed from the vine, then you, you dry and you wither and dry. Um, so, yeah, it's, um, that's what comes to my mind when you're describing yeah. this season that you guys are in, that we always need to abide in Jesus. But I think those difficult times, sometimes we feel it more keenly. 
And I think it also makes us aware of why we do it all the time. Mm -hmm. Because I think when the really hard times come and push comes to shove, if I hadn't already been there, Mm -hmm. if I hadn't already been in the word and seeking the Lord in prayer, then I think it would have been easier to turn to other things or to question um, the Lord and his goodness. And not to say that that was just, I just immediately became like just an absolute angel and was like, Oh right. Lord, whatever you want, you know, but yeah. I, there's something to what we say when we are saying in the good times and the bad. And then sometimes we're doing it in the good times because when the bad come, that's how we're, where we're going to turn. Um, because it doesn't have to be where we turn. We could just yeah. cut ourselves off from the vine. So um, I, I realized, like, I almost said it, like, of course, that's where we turn to, but we don't always, like, sometimes right. we turn to all kinds of other things for our comfort and our answers, so. Yeah, I think this is why in John 15, he doesn't just give us this analogy of a vine and branches, but it's connected to a command, we're commanded to abide, um, which suggests it's possible not to abide, and it may even be common to, to stop abiding or to, to become disconnected. Um, so I guess, um, I guess that's something I'd like to, I'd like to get into is, is what are, what are some of the things that we found in our own lives or as we've gone through life, um, with others that work against abiding that, that pull us away from, uh, from abiding in Christ. And I think one of them, I want to say this is a modern issue, but I'm not sure it is. Like I read the scriptures and uh, even here in John 15, like it's clear that there was a tendency to not abide. Um, I I just think distractions are a big one for us today and the pace of life. Mm. Um, It does seem like modern man, uh, modern woman, we're just going, going, going. I I definitely have found this in my own life that um, there are times where I just don't set aside the time to draw near to the Lord. Um, and so that, that's a big one for me is, is making it a priority because, uh, the issue really isn't a lack of time, uh, for most of us, probably for all of us, it's not, it's not a, the amount of time that we have. It's, it's how high on the list of priorities is me abiding with Christ, me drawing near to him, to listen to the scriptures, to, to pray and, and share with him what's going on in my life and, and the hurts and the, uh, the challenges that I'm facing. If that's a high enough priority, then I'm going to abide. Uh, it's when all these other things distract me that, that I often fail to abide, not because I'm purposely choosing to turn away. I'm just not making time. Um, yeah. What about you? I mean, I'm sure distractions is something you faced as well, oh, but are there, sure. are there other, uh, I guess, forces that, yeah. that you've seen? You know, it's interesting back to the John 15 passage. Um, you know, it talks about, you know, you're going to be hated by the world um, because they hated me first. And I re- really had never, um, that's kind of further down in chapter 15. And I had never right. really connected hmm. those two. I don't know why. I mean, it's all right there together, but um, there's something to the the desire to be loved by man um, mm, that wow. keeps us from abiding because when you're in the word, <laughs> like it's going to tell you the truth right. and 
you're going to be starkly reminded mm. all day long of how the world is telling you something else. And if I am not in the word, then I can like slowly forget what God says to be true. And I can follow the world and be loved by the world and have, mm. you know, all the acclaim or whatever it is that, you know, our little hearts, we all have different things um, that yeah. we care about. I think for me, I just want to be liked all the time. <laughs> and we live in a world now where there are a lot of things that if you mm -hmm. do not agree with um, just morality wise, then you, yeah. you're not going to be liked. That's for sure. So um <laughs> I think there's something so to abiding in who Christ is and the heart of God uh, on a daily basis is, is reminding us how different yeah. we are supposed to be. And that's a, that is a counting the cost thing, but mm -hmm. it is worth it. It is a hundred percent worth it because what he has to offer us is so much more than this world. But I don't, I mean, just to be perfectly honest about my heart, you know, that the world and the love of the world is, mm -hmm. is a pull. Yeah. That's, that's a great connection between the first part of chapter 15 and the, the, the second half where he does talk quite a bit and he's just telling them like, look, this is coming. Yeah. You just need to understand it's, it's, uh, it's unavoidable. If you belong to me and you're known for that within the world, then the world is going to hate you just as just as it hated me, um, man, this, this topic, I think, I think of it, of, of abiding on almost maybe two levels. I think there's the very pragmatic side of it, which we've kind of mm -hmm. talked about a little bit, uh, at least hinted at, which in the scripture, I think that's what we see as seeking the Lord or drawing near to God. And that's really something we should certainly be doing on a daily basis. And even throughout the day, taking time to, to draw near to, to, to pause from the, the worldly distractions that all of us are, are we, that's just, we live life. So you're going to yeah. have those. Um, but to take time to, to pull back and get that perspective, reconnect with the Lord. Uh, and the Lord has given us two powerful means of doing that or, or, or time in the scriptures. Like he's given us the word of God and he has um, given us the opportunity and the invitation to pray. So that's level one, very pragmatic. But I think level two, uh, and this is one where maybe you can help me put it into words, but it's the idea of enduring um, mm -hmm. and, and not losing heart, not fading away. Some of the other passages I looked at, um, knowing that we were going to talk about this topic, um, the, the phrase shrink back is one that comes up uh, in the New Testament, both in Hebrews and in 1 John. And it, it, when we fail to abide, that's sort of the, the, the counter. That's what we end up doing. We're shrinking back from. Um, so I don't know if you had any thoughts on, on the idea of enduring and how that might fit with uh, abiding in Christ, or if, if maybe that's mm. something that you feel like, well, maybe that's not even necessarily what we're talking about with abiding. I, I honestly had not seen the connection. Like to me, it was, you know, that personal relationship with the Lord that is, mm -hmm. was kind of my definition, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm down with it now that you've said it, <laughs> I'm like, okay, I can, I can go with that. I mean, we've been going through uh, Hebrews um, yeah. this last month and uh, oh, just, such a good book. Oh man. 
really right? Good. Like it's, yeah. it's, yeah. And maybe, and I'm, I'm not going to rate my Bible books, but it's, it's up there for me. Um, it is. Yep. Same. Yeah. So um, I, you know, Hebrews 11, everybody loves it. Um, but just being struck by um, how there's so much action going on in Hebrews 11 and so much sacrifice on the part of these, you know, people of faith that this roll call of faith hmm. and i went through and i underlined all the action words all the things that they had to do you know they had to build an ark in the dry heat of a desert right. you know and everyone turn against them or hmm. or even you know sacrifice your child you know so these are things that seem crazy and like just bible story-esque but have you ever had to do hmm. something crazy that you felt like God was telling you to do? Did you move? Did you quit jobs? Did you take a job that was crazy? Did you literally live next to people who you knew you could do ministry with, but it was on a bad side of town? Did you homeschool your kids or send your kids to school? Or did you do things because you felt that the Lord was asking you to do them and you were obedient in that? Um, but then the real kicker was then they none of them saw the promise. You know? Right. And that's, I think what you're getting at, like clinging to the Lord and, and being obedient and not necessarily having immediate like fruit of that. Mm -hmm. is, that is that kind of where you're going or did I just tangent off on my own? <laughs> no, no. I think it's definitely related to it because you, you can lose heart. And yeah. um, these were, and you, when Jesus said the one who endures to the end will be saved. I think it's the same idea okay. of, of remaining connected. There, there's a verse out of first John to the, the, the passage is first John two 24 through 28. And he says, as for you, let that abide in you, which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the son and in the father. Now, little children abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink away from him in shame at his coming. Mm -hmm. And the, I guess the, the really relevant um, section there was, if what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the son and in the father. And so to me, that strikes me as mm -hmm. faith is a lifelong journey. And it's one thing to start well, but we, we really need to cultivate and and maintain that faith for the long haul. Um, so there's a daily aspect to it. And then there's this, this long-term aspect to abiding in Christ. So with that said, I know um, we're going to try to wrap up this particular conversation about abiding. You guys, you... it's never long enough. <laughs> so, so here's, I think, a, a great question to sort of see us out. How do we re uh, reconnect and practice abiding after a time of being disconnected? So like, how do we connect these two ideas? Like, so we're, we talked a little bit about the need to abide on a daily basis to draw near. And we've also talked about how abiding is a lifelong endeavor. So if you find yourself somewhere on the journey of life and you realize, hey, I have not been abiding. I have not been drawing near the way that I want to and the, the way that God wants me to do you have any advice for our, our listeners, Abigail, on how they can get reconnected, start abiding again? Yeah, I mean, I think, man, I was trying to think of like something very, you know, thought thought provoking, but I just just 
know that um, I think those are the times when condemnation really like comes into play. We can really beat ourselves up about what we could have done or um, we should have been doing. Um, and instead just really glory in um, the cross <laughs> in those moments. Yeah. So th these are the prodigal son moments that we all have. I, you know, growing up in the church, hearing those stories, the prodigal son is by far, you know, he's, he's a super center and like, that's none of us, but actually it is, it's me like quite a bit of the time. So um, it's actually a beautiful story of just knowing that the father is going to meet us and he's going to come, you know, halfway out. Um, so just being aware that whenever it hits you of like, man, I'm ready. I, this, I've tried this business over here with the pigs for long enough. Um, I'm ready to get back into it. He's going to meet you halfway. I think the other thing is just being a fine community that where people are abiding, um, and, or just a person, you know, call right. them up and be like, Hey, I've been struggling and get a good pep talk in you. Um, I think those yeah. are probably the two things. What about you, Andrew? Yeah, I think that's, that's, those are, that's a great advice. And um, it really struck me as you, as you were sharing there that, that all, all we really have is today. And so yep. with the story of the prodigal, like he had made those mistakes, but in that story, it actually, it actually says that when he came to his senses, mm -hmm. um, he decided that he would return to the father. And so all we have is today. So if today you're realizing, Hey, I've gotten off track. I really do need to begin abiding the way that God has called me to, then that's, that's, that's grace. Grace is that you have today and God has helped you see it. And now you can take action. You can actually, mm -hmm. instead of feeling like, well, I've already blown it <laughs> yeah, um, in these past days, it's, Hey, I've got today. And the Lord is, is calling me back to himself. And so yeah. We, we sometimes talk about starting a new streak, you know, not that abiding is necessarily a, a, a task list, but yeah. it is in the sense it is like, Hey, today I'm going to start reconnecting with God. And, yep. uh, I'm going to try to begin doing that one day at a time, every, every day, yeah. make that yeah. a, a big part of my life. So, well, if, uh, if this has been something that is relevant to your faith and your life, we'd love to hear from you, how it's going in terms of you abiding with Christ. And if you have uh, thoughts on this topic that maybe we didn't cover, uh, leave it for us in the comments or drop us a message on social media. And um, we'd love to hear from you guys on that. Okay, Abby, for our faith and culture segment, we're going to spend a few minutes just talking about the situation taking place right now in Afghanistan. As we're recording um, this, it is Monday, the 16th of August, and you know, th things are unfolding literally by the hour. So in a sense, we don't know exactly what the situation in Afghanistan is going to end up looking like, even by the time this podcast uh, comes out in a few days. But we wanted to talk about this um, and try to view it through a, a kingdom lens, which is going to be a challenge because, again, we don't have the full story. Uh, and even if we did, we don't know everything that God is doing, but we do want to at least consider um, what it might mean to look at the situation in, in Afghanistan through the lens of the kingdom. This is something that's very um, near to us. Um, your husband, Brett, is in the military and has been. Um, a lot of our listeners are in the, the military, in the U.S. military, and have been to Afghanistan and have been to the Middle East multiple times. Um, we both know people who have 
um, been injured or killed in the conflicts, um, both in Iraq and, and in Afghanistan. So uh, I think for a lot of our listeners, Afghanistan is, is very top of mind, probably, when this, when this show comes out. So yeah, we don't really have any talking points on this, Abigail, but what, what are some of your thoughts as, as you consider what's happening in Afghanistan right now? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up, I think. Um, and I appreciate it. It was on your heart as well. Um, I, I think just, I hope if you're listening and this is something that's heavy on your heart, just know it's heavy on ours too. Um, uh, Brett spent a year in Afghanistan um, working very closely with the Afghan army. So um, it's definitely something that we're feeling very burdened for, but particularly for the believers that are in Afghanistan right now. Um, it's a very, very dangerous place to be a follower of Jesus. Um, but I, I think one of the things you and I were talking about, Andrew, was just the feelings of, um, of just, have we just lost 20 years of a conflict for nothing, you know, that just immediately everything went back to being just as awful, uh, maybe worse than before. Um, and, you know, we, Brett and I have been praying, um, particularly praying for those that we know that are still in country um, and just the believers that are there that are being persecuted. Um, and I, I just immediately thought of, um, of China and just when the, the communists moved in and everyone was either murdered or arrested and uh, just many missionaries were kicked out and they just thought, well, what, you know, what's the point? Like, why did, how, why did all this happen? Um, and we know that the Chinese church today is thriving. Um, and I don't know what the future holds, but I do feel like the last 20 years have allowed for um, some freedoms that would not have normally been there. And we have been able to see the gospel move in ways that it probably wouldn't have. Um, and that um, is something to be um, both thankful for, but also hope in because of I just the believers that are there, especially the Afghani believers, they have already lived a life of persecution, but their, um, their testimony to all of us and to all of their neighbors right now is something that we can't even begin to imagine how God will use it. So I think my prayers are just very much there uh, of the kingdom aspect of this. I mean, there's a lot of political stuff, which Abigail right. here does not understand. <laughs> Andrew, do you got any thoughts? <laughs> Um, but I, I do, yeah. but I'm not going to share them. Okay. <laughs> I don't think they would necessarily be relevant. No, I, no, no, no. Yeah, no, no, but go ahead and fin finish your thought there. Oh, no, I just, I, you know, everything in these types of situations turn to, I do not know how God is going to use yes. this, how right. he has used it, but I do believe he is at work. And we know that right. when the dark is really dark, then the light is more starkly yeah there, so it's one reason why it's it's i'm so grateful for the scriptures and and sort of the the, the long arc of scripture that you can see how god worked through mm -hmm. how he was very much at work through socio-political events and even catastrophes uh, that happened mm -hmm. throughout the old testament and even into the new testament um where where God's people went through very difficult times, times that 
it would be very easy, especially when you were in the midst of them, to question whether or not God was aware, did God care about what was happening, um, how could any good be coming out of this? I, I just finished uh, the book of Esther a few weeks back in yeah. my uh, daily readings, and and it, and we're going through Ezra right now with uh, our Sunday gathering, and um, you know that was a time where you could really question where was God, mm -hmm. uh, especially if you were one of those exiled Jews who was living in the middle of of uh, a pagan culture and mm -hmm. and trying to stay true. And then in the midst of that, um, the, the king passes a law that says all of the Jews are going to be exterminated. Um, and yet from that, you read the story and you find out that God used all of that to elevate this guy, Mordecai, uh, to become the prime minister right next to the king. And then this is something I didn't realize before doing this study is that Esther lived about 20 years before the events that we read about in Ezra. So, oh, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. So, the king that she ended up married to was a guy named Xerxes. And then the, the, the king who followed him, his son was Artaxerxes. And yeah. Artaxerxes is the one who right. really endorsed and supported Nehemiah and Ezra. And so, it, the scripture doesn't make this connection. So, it, this is Andrew just speculating. But it would seem reasonable yeah. that this guy, Mordecai, during that 20 years was partly responsible perhaps for getting mm -hmm. guys like Ezra and Nehemiah sort of into the, the, the place where they could be supported by the, the empire. All, all that to say that we have to believe that God is at work yes. in places like Afghanistan and that he has been. And if you're one of those um, families that has sacrificed and served, especially as a believer um, and, and you're questioning was it all for nothing? Um, yeah, we, ha we, we have faith that, that it wasn't for nothing, that, that God has been at work and will be going forward. And I, I agree with you, Abigail. I hope that in the future, maybe 50 years from now, we'll see a similar story from Afghanistan that we've seen from um, the church there in China. Um, it, it's a, a modern day testimony of how something that yeah. seems like a complete disaster ends up being used by God to really further his purposes for the growth of, of the family of God. Yeah. Well, with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap up for today. We're excited to be back. Uh, we're glad that you're listening and watching. You can really support and help us uh, grow the show and get the word out. Um, we have no intention of taking out ads or trying to promote this <laughs> no. ministry in some of the, the modern traditional ways. Instead, we'd love for you to share it word of mouth. If this is something that's been encouraging to you in your faith, then consider sharing it with others. Um, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can leave us five stars over on Apple Podcasts, and you could even write a short review, two or three mm -hmm. sentences of yes. why others should check out this show. It's a big encouragement to us, and it does actually help other people find the show. So uh, consider doing that if you would. But um, Abigail, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Thanks yeah. for joining me today and talking about abiding in Christ. Absolutely. See you guys next time. Thanks for being part of our community. If you find this podcast valuable, there are many ways you can support it. You can review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you happen to listen to it. You can share it on social media with your friends, or you can support it directly by visiting our website, intotheharvest.org, 
clicking on the donate link and becoming a monthly giving partner. When you do this, you'll receive a thank you package with some great ITH gear. Thank you for supporting the show and helping our small team make a big difference for Jesus. It's listeners like you that make this ministry possible. 